And on the Twitter, <laughs> sorry, can we do this again? <laughs> hey folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Dow. And welcome to episode 38 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Today we've got a really special one for you, and it's going to be. I'm having a throwback right now. Is it? I'm having a throwback? throwback I think you can say that. Throwback Tuesday. I'm having a. I, I am remembering <laughs> um, our live episode that we did last year because in the live episode we did charts, didn't we? And today we're going back into the charts, so we're going to tell you what's what and what's the best out there. But first of all, let's introduce ourselves. As you know, my name is Kirsten and I am from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I have a co-host who hangs out on these shows with me. Hello, lady. Hello, my name's Lindsay. Where are you from, Lindsay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Lindsay. I blog at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. And we are here to tell you all about what's new and what's good in the world of language learning. Okay, so as you guys know, if you're regular listeners, we are also language learners. I'm currently um, sort of making my way into learning the Welsh language. But Lindsay, I, I have to confess, I've not been that good. I've been kind of, I've been just about keeping the keeping the tally topped up but I haven't really added anything new in the last week or week and a half does that ever happen to you oh yeah absolutely I think that happens from time to time I mean I've just got back from Slovenia so in terms of Korean which is my main language at the minute I feel like in fact this morning I did a five minute I thought you know what's going to be fun I'm going to set myself a five minute timer and write down as much in Korean as I can and that page was not very full at all. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I, I shared it. I posted it on uh, on Instagram. And I said, I'm disappointed with this. But it's good because I know that I'm going to do better next time. Yeah, and that's quite a challenge, actually, to, you know, I think producing language is always more of a challenge, you know, than than consuming language you very very often we both teach we both blog and very often get these inquiries from people kind of saying oh how can I speak more you know and I always think oh my god no one ever asks about how can I write more but the challenge at the heart of it is the same the challenge at the heart of it is how do I produce more language how do I make make myself say more so I think you setting yourself a challenge of writing Korean for five minutes just really on whatever you see, I think number one, that's a really great exercise. I really like that. Um, and number two, don't be too disappointed because I think you've set yourself, you know, you're setting yourself up for the highest possible standard of language almost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I at first I was like, oh, and I kind of, I laughed it off a little bit. I was like, that's really funny. That's really bad. That's not a good amount of, of words in five minutes. Um but, you know, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing because it, it kind of proved to me two things. Number one, that you think, oh, actually, I'm not as good as I feel I am, which is positive because then you, it makes you work harder. Hopefully, hopefully you don't go the other way and feel like, oh, well, I'll just give up. No, don't give up. And the second thing is I now have something that I can measure. So I can do that every week, every month and just write five minutes. What do I know? And just, just give myself that time to kind of write completely openly yeah god it's crazy when you start recording yourself and i guess in any point of life we're sort of used to it with um with weighing ourselves and kind of you know like keeping an eye on your health and many people count calories and all that kind of thing but you don't really do it in language learning because you just don't think of it in the same way but as with anything else where you set yourself a goal or you've got a vision of where you want to be and you want to progress it does work um, and as such, can I just show off on a really unrelated note? Go for it. Lindsay, guess how fast I was at Parkrun? Oh. 32.11. 
Wow. Yeah, well done. Because it's a really hilly course. I was so proud of myself. Um, for, for context, Parkrun is a, <clears throat> a 5k. So it's not, it's not the fastest run. It's not the furthest run in the world. I'm not the fastest runner in the world by any means. I have a long way to go. But I, when I started off at the start of this year, I was running 34 minute courses. So this is by far the fastest I've ever been. And I'd set myself a goal. This is why, you know, bring it back. I had set myself a goal of by the end of this quarter doing 3240 because I sort of looked at mm, what, what do I think I can realistically manage um, and now I've smashed my goal. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, except, you know, I'm not going to set a new goal for the under quarter. I just want to maintain in that area. I just want to stay in go. that area. See, your first question about is it okay to not have learned anything new in Welsh, you've just answered the question. True, yeah, because I'm maintaining, I'm maintaining. So, yeah. and, and with languages, I don't really tend to set myself a goal of like, I want to do 50 new words or something, because I don't know how to count them. But it's, you know, setting goals, whether it's for running parkrun or whether it's for languages, works. It sure does. It sure does. And with that wisdom, <laughs> you guys, you guys listening to us might wonder, well, what's new, girls? You know, like what you got? Um, we've got something really special for you today. And our episode is all in the sign, in the spirit of tools that we love. And the way we did it is kind of a bit like a fashion season. So we're going to give you the spring and summer collection of creative language learning podcast not to be missed. And before I do anything else, I want you guys to become aware of our big not to be missed, which is actually our sponsor as well. Um, and, it really da -da -da -da. Um, and this really started out as something that, you know, we have used forever and ever and ever. Um, and then I approached them and I was like, look, you guys, we talk about you all the time. You should sponsor us. So our sponsor for episode 39, 38 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast is italki. No matter if you're looking for a language exchange partner or a professional and experienced tutor or even somebody to just provide you with feedback on your work, italki is like the cornerstone of online language learning. Um, and Lindsay, tell them about tell them about why we're not listing italki because it's too boring. Oh, it's not boring. They're our sponsor. <laughs> because it's so good. Everyone knows about italki. Same with Memorized. And what was the one we said we wouldn't talk about? Anki. Hello Talk. Hello Talk it. also, yeah. Another so, previous sponsor. Thank you. Yeah. And, oh, I love and they're Hello all talk. great. They're all amazing tools. But everyone knows about them. So today we're going to talk about some slightly different things. Maybe maybe you do know what we're going to talk about. Maybe you've come across them. Maybe you're like, oh my God, I know this stuff. Come on. But hopefully there will be something new for everyone here. Yeah. So in other words, our everlasting classics include, you know, Memorize Anki Hello Talk. But definitely italki um, and the reason for that is that italki sort of focuses on helping you find that one-to-one -one experience which uh, Lindsay and I both as teachers of language and as learners I think you'll agree with me that one-to-one -one is essential isn't it absolutely and you've got to you know you can learn a language online the great thing about that is you can just kind of chill out at home and if you are wearing your ugliest pants Oh, you're wearing no pants. <laughs> Your teacher won't mind because they can't see you. Um, the system is really easy. You log on, you type in the language that you're looking for, you find people, and then you just book classes. And I think their their online booking system is is outstanding. It's very very simple, so you don't really have to worry about it. And you before you know it, you'll get a personalized lesson right at home, pants or no pants. Um, and the great thing about Italki is that there's a review system. So if your tutor turns out to be pants um which is very unlikely you can leave them a review and equally to make sure that you don't you know end up with somebody who won't be right for you you can check out their reviews with written feedback and a tutor rating system out of five so that is italki i think absolute cornerstone everlasting classic um they've given us a special deal as well Lindsay. what that's so cool yeah and it's called buy one get one free you say it. You say it like it's a new style of deal. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> when I came to England, when I first came to England, buy one get one free was this thing that I saw in every shop, and I was just like, "What? What? What is this?" In, in Germany, we didn't we didn't have that as a, as an offer. 
Yeah, it's a jazzy, it's a, it's a good offer. Buy one. So in other words, two for the price of one. You buy one class, you buy one lesson, um, and they give you the next one for free. I don't know why I'm explaining why I get one free. I was going to say, why are you explaining this? It's in the name. <laughs> That's true. So you, basically, this is the last excuse to avoid speaking to a native speaker right gone. So if you want to speak to a native speaker or expert tutor in your language, somebody that you can trust because they've been reviewed and get a personalized lesson, this is the way to do it. I have very recently found my Icelandic tutor in my upcoming trip to Iceland. My Icelandic nice. tutor and I talk, I am very satisfied. It's a lovely, lovely guy. And I am finally beginning to understand how to pronounce Icelandic, which is not that straightforward. So all you need to do to get this amazing offer and start, you know, uh, living living the italki life is go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. That is the place to go to get a buy one, get one free, which I don't know if it's a British invention, but it's certainly a good invention. Can I add one final thought on that? Please do. Please wear pants. <laughs> it's, it's okay, you can wear a skirt. <laughs> pants as in underwear. I was going to say, because pants transfers between America and Britain, doesn't it? Please wear underwear. Yeah, I, I didn't mean as in underpants. I did mean trousers. Okay, good. Tra trouser pants. Good, good, good. <laughs> Shall we move on? Where, where is this show going? So... <laughs> Okay, so we are starting our spring-summer collection. Uh, each of us has, got, kind of, has kind of looked at how we are learning languages at the moment, between Lindsay and me, and also looked at kind of cool stuff that's out there at the moment. All of these tools are applicable for pretty much any language that you would be learning. And we, each of us is going to suggest three, and at the end we're going to make a little chart and tell you what the top recommendation is from the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Lindsay, would you like to start with the first tool? Okay, I'll go for it. Right, so my first tool that I love right now is Snapchat. Snapchat. Now, yeah. It's probably no surprise that I quite like using social media for language learning. It's there, we're using it in our life, we can't avoid it, so we may as well make it worthwhile, right? And... Snapchat is, I feel like it's kind of blowing up right now in terms of popularity. It seems to be going through this sort of renaissance, maybe. I don't know. But it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant for language learning. I've written a blog about this a few months ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And there are a few ways. So basically, if you don't know what Snapchat is, it's always, it's kind of put in that group of social media, social network. But it's slightly different in that your profile doesn't really exist so you have you upload something to snapchat within 24 hours it disappears right okay there are a few ways you can use this you have private snaps which you can send to individuals so if you have friends on there if you have you no know, native speaker friends to practice with already you can have them on snapchat and you can send them uh we'll talk about what you send in a minute you can send them private snaps or you just add stuff to what's called your snapchat story now this kind of grows throughout the day and then every, it's, it's refreshed continually. So you kind of get this constant, fresh, new story that is happening when you upload stuff. And if stuff is 24 hours old, it goes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, so, I, you're, you're, really, yeah. you're really talking to, um, you're basically your grandma here, because I have never downloaded Snapchat. I don't know what it looks like. I've never used it. Well, first of all, it's yellow, so that was like a win for me from the get-go. It's got a little um, ghost, right? A it's ghost got a logo. little ghost. This mm -hmm. is this is the one, yeah. And so when you when you open it up, you get the screen, and there's like I say, I've got a blog about this on. I've got a blog post about this on the blog, yeah. and there's a guide, kind of a visual guide attached to that. You get the screen. It's like a. It's as if you've got your camera open. Okay. Right. So you can take you can take photos or you can take a short video clip. I think about nine or ten seconds long. Okay, and then you can add emoji, you can add text, you can add color to this. So you can like draw on your image and on your video and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So um, and and then the other thing you can do is if you swipe to the left, you can add filters. You can add things like. Um, just fun stuff, you know, slowing it down, add the speed that you're moving at, the temperature, all of that stuff, which probably isn't the most useful part of this for language learning. How I use this every day <laughs> is I, when, I've, when I'm kind of in my study time in the mornings, 
I'll make sure that I have a little bit of Snapchat time each day and I'll try and say something in Korean. So I'll maybe I'll be writing a sentence or I'll read a sentence or I'll hear a sentence and I'll record myself saying this on Snapchat and then add it to my Snapchat story. Okay, right? yeah. And so it eliminates that idea of like it's going to be gone after 24 hours. If it's awful, if you know you sound like a right moron trying to attempt to speak this language, which you don't by the way because you're trying and that's awesome, then it's fine. Who cares? After 24 hours, it's gone. And it's filmed on your phone. So people aren't expecting it to be like top-notch rehearsed quality. It's nine seconds. Okay. So if I understand this right, it's kind of, the interface of it is a little bit like Instagram, as in you've got, it's it's visually led. So you've got a load of pictures. Yeah. And it's a way of taking away the pressure that you might feel if you want to put yourself speaking the language on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people now, when I, I think when I first kind of was playing around, you couldn't really comment on stuff, but people now can chat with you as well. So if, you know, if you pronounce something wrong and you have friends on there that can help you practice, then they might respond and chat to that particular bit of your Snapchat story and say, oh, that was great, but you could try it like this. And they can reply in those private snaps with video, with photo, etc., etc., with all the same stuff and text. Okay, but what if you want to look back at it? Like, what if you want to sort of chart your progress and, and look yeah. back on something and then it's gone? So you can do this too. If you if you okay. want to do if you want to use it for that, for kind of documenting and for keeping track of everything, then you can. You can when you go onto the view page, you can download it. There's like a little sort of download icon and you can download your story at the end of the day to uh to save to your phone. Oh nice. Okay. Yeah. So right. so you know, if another way that you could use it is if you're walking around and you're looking for new vocabulary, I'm looking around my office now and I see webcam, mouse, microphone all of these things I use every day but I don't know the words for but if I just take a picture of those you know and then maybe take some time to think right what's the word google the word right I can add that word on top of the text or I can take the picture and then I can go around back at the end of the day and think ah oh, they're the words I need spend some time at the end of the day kind of going through thinking yep that word I've got that word and then say them and then save it and you've got yourself a resource custom resource created for you Okay, yes. Right, you're selling me on this now. You're selling me on the Snapchat. Yes. I started out feeling like, what, 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 what is this? What's it do? Okay, it's ghosty, yellow. And one of the things that I, I always felt about Snapchat is when somebody explained it to me, was always like, well, but but what if I want to save it? So it's really it's really great to hear that you can save. Yes. Um, now, who do you think will use or use a Snapchat? Who's, who's, like, who's like a Snapchat person and when is the best time to use this right so who is snapchat for i think snapchat is predominantly for younger language learners let's be honest um i mean that's not to say that people over the age of 30 <laughs> which isn't old over the age of 30, <laughs> I, I, it's not old people over the age of 30 can't use snapchat no way whatsoever i follow people on snapchat that are mid 30s really going on to late 40s right it's it's something that anyone can use in their own way um but it is predominantly i think aimed at younger people okay yeah so so teens and kind of because it's not like you don't mean five-year-olds no 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 okay. like yeah it's from like kind of teenager to sort of um whenever you yeah. feel Feel like it, <laughs> but really, you're you're right. For anyone who has got an iPhone, or yeah. an iPhone or an Android, other phones are available. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. For anyone who's already using their smartphone, uh, in order to be on things like Instagram or Facebook, and if you're already using your phone for video and photo, that's a Snapchat person. Is that right? Yeah, and it's it's also I'd say it's for someone who wants to be creative with their language learning. Because mm. there's so much scope for creativity with this. And somebody perhaps also feels a bit apprehensive about speaking and just wants to try it out but isn't quite sure yet. So somebody who might post something and then go, oh, no, no, delete, delete, delete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So if you're feeling a bit apprehensive about putting your lovely face speaking another language on Instagram where it's going to hang around forever, with Snapchat you can just dip your toe in it. Okay, nice, Snapchat. So Kirsten, what's your first tool to recommend? My first tool is actually a combination of tools that I use regularly and it's slightly nerdy the way I'm using it, as in... Um, well, nerdy as in, um, it's it's kind of, uh, you, you write yourself a little program and I'm just kind of, I'm just Googling for this app to make sure it's also Android available. It's an app called Workflow. Okay. Workflow, yeah, it's uh, workflow.is and Workflow is a way, I think it's iPhone only for now, is a way for you to connect different apps to each other. So for example, something that you can do is you take three photos and then it's got a function that is make a GIF and it'll make a GIF out of it. It'll show it you and then you can say post this to Facebook. Or you can then set it up so that when something, uh, when you see something in an email and you go, oh, I wish, I wish my phone would let me post this on Facebook, but it doesn't, you can then, Workflow will do that for you. So it does custom workflows, right, which is the nerdy bit. So things that it might do is um, it's got like a tip calculator big, uh, built in where it'll work out tips for you. Or it might say something like um, it's got one of one of the workflows that I think is really cool that is uh, custom in the in the machine. It's called a pizza assistant right. and you can run a workflow. Literally just, you know, the workflow will be um, you can use it as a bookmark on your iPhone screen. So it just looks like an app. Um, it's called Pizza Assistant, and it basically Google's for a pizza place near you, and then gives them a call. Gives, wow! Gives them a call, like it it Google's it automatically, then runs a workflow to find the number to call. So you just press Pizza Assistant, your phone is going to automatically call the next pizza place, and then what it also does is automatically set a reminder in your phone, like t for twenty minutes later, saying pizza is ready. This sounds amazing, but I do have to ask. How are you using this for language learning? Right. I'm intrigued. I'm using this in a really specific way, and it's to do with the fact um, that the podcast I'm using to learn a language is easiest available in browser. So okay. also, I have previously been told by people, by the way, that this podcast doesn't currently have a download link. So we are working on it, but you can also use Workflow. Dun, dun, dun. Um, even with the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Give it a try. So... If you are in Safari, in your usual iPhone browser, and you're clicking on an audio file, you know it gives you the little black screen with a play button. Uh -huh. Yes. So you're just you're basically going to a web address that is, at that web address, there is, say, an MP3. And then I've written myself a little workflow. Took a while, but happy to share it. Um, I mean, if anybody's interested, <laughs> depending on how nerdy you are, I wrote myself a little workflow that will download the audio from that address because I kept trying to put it in Evernote so that I can access it offline when, right. I'm, when I'm on a walk or something like that. So I can listen to say something, to say something in Welsh on a walk without having to depend on the mobile network. Okay. So, but it wouldn't work because every time I said save this to Evernote, all it did was save a bookmark. Uh -huh. And then I would still have to go on the internet to get it to get the file. So what this does is it actually downloads the audio that it finds at that file, saves it, and then I've told it to save this to Evernote. Right, so that's jazzy. It is jazzy. It's it's a bit nerdy, but for me it's working extremely well. So if you've got some source of audio somewhere online um, and something you want to listen to regular language or you want to listen to something say an audio file that you find on SoundCloud or something like that, you want to listen to it offline and you don't get offline access, Workflow will get you that offline access. And what you do is you run a little workflow that says save as, and then that workflow, once it's downloaded it, um, will will be able to save that file into Evernote. And that is a way of getting the MP3 in Evernote, which I think is absolutely excellent. That is cool. I'm going to go download this when we finish recording. I like the sound of this one. Yeah, it's 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 just a really nice like way of playing around, and it it does something that you know it it, it it's a way of making your phone do things that you didn't know your phone could do. Kirsten, who do you think this would be for? Workflow. Well, by definition, it is for users of the iOS. Uh, uh, what's it called? 
system, system, ecosystem, they call it. Um, so it's for people who have an iPhone or an iPad. I think it's for people who like tinkering with things. I think it's for people who like, you know, who, who want to see what their phone can do below, beyond what it says. So anyone who's quite geeky and perhaps a little bit of a of an engineer or interested in programming, workflow is going to totally make you happy. Nice. Mm, definitely. So that's recommendation number one, workflow and Evernote, because otherwise I would not be able to listen to certain audio files on the go. And I do like doing that. Okay. Now, Lindsay Dow, what is your number two? My number two is Read Lang. Read Lang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Yes. But I don't, and I know it's green. It's green uh-huh. and it's awesome. And I can't believe it's taken me this long to discover it, I'll be honest. And okay, because it, it's been around for a while and it's, um, it's, a nice little, it's a nice little app and it is for reading in your browser, is that correct? Yeah, it's you can, so you can add like a Chrome extension, maybe a Safari extension on your desktop computer. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. you can also follow a process whereby you kind of do that same thing of like adding it on your tablet or on your phone and it works as an app somehow. It's a bit techy. So you can get it on devices as well, but on your computer it's um, really cool. What it does is if you're reading a any web page in a different language, then you can just tap on a word and it will translate that word for you. Using kind of Google Translate and other technologies, it comes up in like a sidebar of, boom, this is that word. And then you can decide, oh, okay, that's useful. I want to save it for later. I want to add it to flashcards. I want to, you know, do whatever I want with it. Or you can kind of say, okay, I know what it is now or I've been reminded or I don't really need that for the future. Wow. Does it, you know, this is one of the things I I find the most um, missing perhaps about hello talk is that when somebody corrects me or when I'm learning a new word in a conversation with somebody I haven't got anywhere to save it so read oh. readline would totally fix that for me yeah 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 it, it does it for if you're reading stuff online then you can just beep beep what's that word what's that word I think it translates there's like a free version and then a premium version I think on the free version you can translate up to six words in one go so if there's like a phrase as well mm-hmm. it's not just a case of you know a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and you read that in english and think what that doesn't make any sense it you know it might translate a phrase for you i think up to six words um so it will help <laughs> rather than just that individual translation yes and what does it do with the words after do you get like a nice vocab list that you can use for reviewing and and revising yeah, so like I say, you can save them and then it gives you like a flashcard thing. I've not really used that side of it too much, but it gives you, I think there's flashcard decks that you can build up and then you can go into that side of things and, and revise them on there as well. That, so it does save them, keep track as well. That's really, really cool because one of the things I I strongly, strongly believe in, in language learning is that you've got to work with you your vocabulary, right? You've got to... It's, it's way more effective to learn the words that you've actually, you know, picked up from reading an article or watching a TV or in a conversation or something like that. If you then get a word where you go, oh, I wonder what that means. You've looked it up once. That is how you start building your memory bank, in my opinion. And that revising that word will be so much easier than if you just start off with a vocab list to start with. I hate that approach of, I'm just going to pick the most 2000 most common words in a language and learn them. That kind of it's, it's, you know, the 80-20, some people call it, and it's reduced effort, but I don't believe that at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. And uh, in a way, that's the same kind of thing with Snapchat when it comes to vocab, is that you're you're looking around, you're taking words that are in your life that are relevant to you. Mm-hmm. So in a, it, this is really important then, isn't it? It's like the, the words that are around you, finding them. Um, and I think one of the big challenges, even even in, in language learning by yourself, is organising all those words and putting mm. them somewhere and, and finding somewhere to, to access them. Yes. So And Readlang would help you do this. How does the app work then? The app, it's kind of like... Uh, again, like I downloaded it and I haven't had a, too much of a play with that. I've used it mostly on desktop. Um, but you, you go into the Safari or um, 
Chrome or, you know, your browser on your app and download the, the same thing as if you're on a desktop. And then you press a button, techie, and somehow it adds an app. And that app means that if you open the app and then you're, you're reading something on your tablet, it does exactly the same thing. Mm. It sort of logs you in and, and does it that way. And the... I mean, really, what what is the great thing about this is kind of that that feeling you get, because I think I got a similar f because because I'm learning a British language and because it because the BBC has got this kind of Welsh mission. Um, on the BBC website, you can access obviously a lot of articles in Welsh, as you heard in our episode thirty seven. Welsh, a much used and very popular and official language of the UK. And what they've got is they've got this little bit in the corner. It says vocab trainer. And, you know, you, you might, I might open an article that just says like gobbledygook, gobbledygook, police, gobbledygook, gobbledygook yeah. yesterday. And I'm like, oh, I understood the word yesterday. And then what the vocab trainer does is sounds like what Readlang does for any language. And for there, it just does it for Welsh. You click on it and it runs a script on a page. Every word becomes underlined. You can click on any word and work out what it means. But the feeling that... The feeling of accessibility, the feeling that suddenly it seems much less overwhelming to access that article, to read that news article, I think is priceless. Yeah, absolutely. So how are you using it for Korean? So I've not used it massively for Korean. I've been using it to kind of refresh other um, sort of European languages that don't, I don't get much time for now. Um, and just kind of reading stuff in in those languages, and then if I see something, just highlight it. So I'm, that's why I haven't used the flashcard side of it too much yet, mm -hmm. because I've not really gone that in depth. I'm just using it for a refresher, yeah. just to make reading a bit more accessible. It feels like that would be that would be the our who really like that. It's yeah. reading is is particularly useful and excellent if you already have a a base level in your language so say you're an intermediate to advanced learner and you're looking to maintain build and and discover more in your language absolutely i agree mm. which makes it completely different to like snapchat yeah it's, yeah it's going to be really difficult doing a chart isn't it <laughs> go on then what's your second resource all right my second resource i think you've heard of this i think everybody's heard of this uh it's well, um, maybe, but I wanted to, to mention it here because, to be honest, I have only just started using it. So who knows if you guys have heard of it or not. It's a website. I uh, don't have any information for you about app availability. See what I did there? Uh, it's called Forvo, F-O-R-V-O. And Forvo, uh, it's the place you can go... It is just stunning what they're doing. Um, it's got a lot of volunteers. Any language in the world, all of the languages in the world, at least they propose. Forvo is the place where you go if you want to know how to pronounce a word in that language. So you've got a word and it, it, this, for, for Welsh, I didn't use it as much because the Welsh, I, I followed a course and there was a lot of focus on pronunciation at the start. So I felt quite secure with my pronunciation in Welsh. And most other languages as well. I, I do a lot of pronunciation work at the start to because it helps me build my confidence. And, you know, this is why I've got a German pronunciation course, you know, as well, because I think it does help. So what Forvo does um, is, for example, for me at the moment in Icelandic, I, I really struggled with the pronunciation. I couldn't work out how... You know, I, I, you hear something said, it sounds so different to what it looks like. It doesn't do, they've got all, they've got special letters called F and Thorn. And I think there's another one. Um, so it's a bit of a special language for me. And I couldn't work out how things are pronounced. So what I've been doing when I found something in the dictionary is look it up on Forvo. And there will be somebody, it, a lot of native speakers. And even when you're a native speaker, you can tell them where exactly you are from to demonstrate your dialect or accent if you've got one. And you can type in any word and it'll go, okay, that's this Icelandic word. Here's a recording of it. How amazing is that? I love this. This is so... In fact, I used this yesterday um, at the end of a lesson I was teaching where the word um, inefficace, like ineffective mm -hmm. in French, yeah. came up. And my student said, one of the students said, huh, 
why is it not kind of going un at the beginning of that, like important, uh, un, why is it not un efficace? Yes. And I'm like, good question. And I sort of said it to myself, un efficace. I'm like, it doesn't sound good. And I think that's the reason is it's just pure pronunciation. That idea of like un efficace is very hard to say. And we said, look, end of lesson, let's just confirm this on, on Forvo. We went to Forvo and there was a recording and it said, this is man speaking French from France, from this part of France. And, you know, it shows you pinpoints on a map where these people are from exactly. Because it could be another part of France, another part of the world where they speak French. They do say, uh, I can't even say the, the one that it's not. Yeah. They, do, uh. they do say, uh, if you cast, right? Um, who knows? That's but how I would have said it. I would have, you know, from reading it, I would have said, un efficace. Yeah, it's, I sort of said it more like inefficace, uh-huh. inefficace, because of that reason. And this man said it the same way that I was saying it. So it was, it was good. It was good kind of confirmation of, yeah, there is, you know, we are doing this right. <laughs> and, and that, you know, that's a native speaker saying it that way. And it just, it's nice confirmation in that sense. Yeah. It, it absolutely excellent. Just anything that is in your head where you go, how on earth do you say that? English words too. Um, I'm currently reading the book Spell It Out by David Crystal, which mm-hmm. is a book about the history and, and how English spelling came to be as irregular as it is, because just in case you haven't noticed, English spelling is nuts, um, N-U-T-S. And it's it's quite a nerdy book. I think you really have to be, it's kind of almost like one of the reviews I read said, this is the test for language geekery. If you enjoyed this book, whoa, because it's quite a dry subject matter and you do kind of you know, it, it makes you want to skim, um, but equally it's really interesting. So it, it talks about um, the Anglo-Saxons and then the Normans coming in and so much about English spelling is just, is, is the Normans' fault, why it's irregular um, and the, the way people try to bring regularities into it. So it's fascinating, it's interesting. Um, but trust me, English, oh my God, English is a tough language to spell. And if you've got Volvo, I've just kind of pulled up their blog, and the, this is so funny. Um, they said, what's, what's the most popular pronounced words in March? So they kind of went back and looked at their stats and said, okay, well, let's have a look at what's the most popular words. One is a name of a Dutch footballer, um, which may or may not be pronounced Johan Cruyff, but I really don't know. I'd have to forvow it. <laughs> um, you verbed it you made it into a verb yeah that means it's 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 real it's here to stay totally <laughs> <laughs> um then the irish um the irish cheers word which i also can't pronounce without help so i have to follow that slancha slancha is that how uh-huh. you say it because it was st patrick's day um and the last one i love this because i remember learning this pronunciation it's such a for me such an example of english spelling is nuts um is the English city name that, for you listener, if you don't know, is spelled L-E-I-C-E-S-T-R. And their football club suddenly made it to the top of the Premier League. And I've got a picture here of this um, American NBC. I've got a picture of a napkin. And on the napkin, they printed FYI for next season. It's pronounced Leicester. Yeah. So that was the most four-vote word in March was Leicester. Oh, and I, I tell you what, if you do ever visit England, Leicester is a very cool town. Or city, I should say. I, I think I went to a different Leicester oh, when I went. I think I have to go I back. You're really selling it. I love Leicester. It's it's better than Worcester or Gloucester, which are also places that have got the same level of, the same, same spelling type of irregularity. Spelling. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, so Kirsten, who who do you think Forvo is for? I think Forvo is amazing in that it goes even beyond language learning i think even when you are curious about your own language you know things like how does how do you pronounce leicester how do you pronounce slancher how do you pronounce this word that i heard in the news you can find it here so this goes further to me than even language learning and in that sense i would say forvo is for anyone who is fascinated and curious about language doesn't matter which language you don't have to be a language learner this is for people who are who just feel the call of geekery about language learning i love that do you feel the call of geekery all the time oh my god i am i'm a very annoying person to watch uh, television with apparently 
in you know when it's subtitled uh, Scandinoir. <laughs> oh, they okay. just said this. It sounds like this in German. Oh, look, there's a relationship. Hang on, let me just Google etymology. I actually do that. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm annoyed. I have to say, ditto. Uh, <laughs> Ashley has been editing a film from our time in Slovenia, and there's a shot where we're in the taxi, and you can hear the radio. And on the taxi radio, he goes "Dobro jutro," which means "Good morning." Mm. And then there's, and I was just about as I'm watching this, I'm just about to go. That means "Good morning," and then I heard myself on the video. That means "Good morning." <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my god, I'm such a geek. And I would spontaneously, I'm the same, no, I'm the same. I'm like, oh my God, that's like Dobre Utre in Russian. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Slavic languages. I wonder how they say it in Hungarian. No, not Hungarian is not that one. And, you know, you just go off on one. So yeah. if you are like us and you feel the call of language geekery and you can't resist uh, just completely nerding out, annoying your significant other, Forvo is totally going to be a place where you can hang out and have a lot of fun. All right, Lindsay, we are on to number five. Give us, give us your number five recommendation. My final recommendation is something that may sound very normal for other things, perhaps, maybe even for language learning, but it's something that I am beginning to use more lately for language learning, mm -hmm. so I'm going to throw it out there, and that is Spotify. Spotify. Yes. I've been listening to um, the new Sean Paul single, <laughs> Spotify. Is, he, is Sean Paul helping you to learn Welsh? Uh, no, no. He, he, he makes me want to learn uh, Jamaican Patois every time I listen to Sean Paul. I, I wanna, that's, that's one of the reasons why Jamaican Patois is on my list. Nice. Yeah, because it's that's like, cool. girl. I don't, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> well, see, maybe this is, this, is, this is the feature in particular that mm -hmm. I love. Is, so first of all, you make, if you don't know what Spotify is, it's a place where you can stream music, desktop, app, wherever you are, whatever you've got. And um, you can stream pretty much any music apart from Taylor Swift. Womp, 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 womp. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> but don't worry, because she's not going to help you learn a language. And so the thing that I love about this is you can make playlists, which is cool. But what happens if actually you know one amazing French artist, <laughs> Stromae, <laughs> right? Belgium. And then... Oh, I mean, I like French language. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and you're thinking, oh, okay, that's great, but how am I going to find any more? Well, now, it, this is ridiculously simple, but it didn't occur to me for a long time. If you go onto an artist's page, if you search an artist, you go onto their page, it comes up with related artists. So then you go, okay, Stramai, it comes up with other related artists. Most of them will be speaking French, singing in French, right? Click, oh, I like this one, add to playlist. Oh, and then on their page, you've got another list of related artists. Oh, and you go into this rabbit hole of finding music yeah. in different languages by different people that are similar as well. So it's not just a case of Googling popular French music and you get you get Stromae and you get um, Edith Piaf and you get, oh, what else? Something else that's, that's really popular but totally different yeah. to the other thing. It doesn't go together at all. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if you if you know, well, I love that person. I love that band. Mm -hmm. I want more like that. I don't just want the next pop, most popular German thing. I want more like that German that guy. Style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's really good for that, and you can kind of go down this rabbit hole and create playlists. And yeah, it's my kind of it's my thing right now when I'm when I'm working is I listen to Spotify in the afternoons. Mm hmm. I love it because recently one of my students texted me and said, hey, I wonder if you've got any, I like listening to the Eagles, sort of kind of ah. like soft rock or something. Yeah. Um, and I'd love some recommendations for German music. And people often ask me for recommendations about German music, but because I have lived abroad for so long, I'm not really up to date down with the kids necessarily. Like I don't. Oh, here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. You can go on and if you go to browse, you can browse charts. So if you wanted to find what is down with the kids in Germany, <laughs> yeah. you can go on the German chart. And of course, there's going to be Justin Bieber. There's going to be, you know, I don't know, Major Lazer, whatever. Major Lazer. Major Lazer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> this is the yeah. episode where Lindsay makes me feel really old. It seems. Hashtag Snapchat, hashtag Major Laser, hashtag Kirsten, you too old. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
but you know you've got the popular chat stuff but amongst that potentially if there's something huge in germany right now that's sung in german it's going to be on that list on that chart Mm, it's a great way of it's a great way of i really love what you're saying about you know if you look up french music you're going to get kind of chanson and stuff like that if you look up Mm. german music you might get like the scorpions or um similar you know a lot of artists that do sing in english not really what you're after so exploring the related artists or looking up you know just going down the charts really good recommendation there yeah and who do you think uses spotify is is it people who aren't younger again well possibly but i think the good thing is it is accessible to anyone if you know if you love edith piaf and you hate Jamai, for example Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you can type in edith piaf and she's probably still there on spotify and there's going to be related artists for you again. So whatever age you are, whatever music you love, there's going to be something to just give you that. Because I, I think it's just about having something that you're passionate about in the language you're learning. And music, a lot of the time, I know when I've learned languages in the past, it's been music that has been a big draw and a big motivation. So to find that passion, music can be a great thing. Yes, and to to confirm that perhaps also, I've I've just been thinking... As I was rehearsing for the Messiah, my, my choir concert, by the way, finally done. I have now performed Handel's Messiah. I feel, I feel like a fancy person. And the Messiah is on Spotify. Right? So I have been listening to a lot of choirs singing this uh, 300-year-old, beautiful, classical piece of music that isn't really major laser at all or whatever you know it's not chart music but you can find so so much on spotify that's kind of there and they also they're really good at compiling playlists so i've been looking at various new artists because i've been listening to something called the austin 100 Uh in the usa they've got this uh, music festival called south by southwest oh yes yeah i know i always want to go (laughs) next year Lindsay will be there we'll be podcasting from there uh yeah (laughs) you heard it here first and the Austin 100, when you look up a new artist there, it tells you what playlists that artist is on. So again, it's a great way of exploring. So really just, once you find something that you like, this is a great way of finding more like it. Indeed. Mm, fantastic. And when do you use Spotify? You said you listen to music in another yeah. language then? Yeah, I listen to music... Normally in the afternoon, so what I tend to do with my working days in the morning, I listen to podcasts, I tend to listen to news in foreign languages and then whatever podcasts are just updated in my feed. And then in the afternoon, I tend to listen to music on Spotify. If I can resist listening to, this is going to sound ridiculously mushy, if I can resist listening to my wedding playlist that I'm compiling and uh, <laughs> and like, you know, just kind of my other English playlists, then yeah, I'll listen to some some music in some other languages but it's it's great any time of day any occasion it's always there yes and in the show notes guys i'm going to find our playlist because we did make a spotify playlist i think yes for the european day of language show um last september so you'll find the creative language learning podcast playlist of various european language music we found some really great um, we found a danish rapper i really enjoyed um, there was some French music, there was Italian, a lot of Italian, German, so you know, you've got a little starter for 10 there. Nice, okay. absolutely. All right. Okay, then. Kirsten, what is your last recommendation? Oh, you're going you're gonna to throw me out of the show for this at first, but let me explain. My um, tool that I've newly discovered and I'm quite excited about is called Google Translate. <laughs> I am still listening. <laughs> I I can appreciate Google Translate for what it is. So Google Translate, um, and the reason why is because so as we know, you know, I, I, Google Google is is a company that uh, deals with information, and Google Translate is specifically an app, a script, a computer machine that translates texts from one language into another. So far, so good. But here's the twist. Google Translate has now been added to Google Sheets, which is Google's version of giving you an online in the cloud version of basically Microsoft Excel or a spreadsheet program. So what you can do now is you can have your new vocab list 
in theory. Say you're learning vocab in, or you've got a vocab list that perhaps has English and Spanish on it. And you put that into your spreadsheet, so you just type it into your spreadsheet, or you can export perhaps as a CSV file, that's possible. You can export from Memrise, from Anki or similar flashcard apps. So you just get it as a sheet. And then what you can do is you can use Google Translate as what's called a function, which means you're telling a field in the spreadsheet to do a certain thing. So you type equals Google Translate and then point to the field that you want translating. So say the English word eat. Um, and then I'm typing the language code CY for Welsh or I'm typing the language code DE for German, etc. So you type in the code close your bracket and I'm going to put the instructions in the show notes because obviously it's a bit geeky and you know you've got to kind of get with it so you put your you put your source language you put your target language you close the brackets press enter and that word will show in your target language and what you can do when you've got a list of say 30 words is you can then just kind of grab the little corner of the form and drag it down and ta-da! You've now got your word list that perhaps you were already using for English and Spanish. And you've got a great starter. You may have to polish it up a bit. But you've got basically that verb list translated into any target language that you might be studying now. So if you're learning several languages, this is perfect. That's awesome. Again, I'm going to get on that today. Yeah, and it's, I mean, shout out to uh, Christian, my husband, who is the person who actually found this, because he's a bit nerdy. Um, and yeah, he, he he found this, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, oh my god, this is, this is great, this is so great. And then what you can do, once you've got your verb list all tidied up and ready, you can import it back into any flashcard app, because it's nice. just a spreadsheet, and then you'll, you, you've got your new flashcards, perhaps with a list of vocab that worked really well for you in language one, and you've got it now going into language two. Oh, I'm, I, I feel a little bit excited in my heart. <laughs> oh, good. I was worried that this explanation was too... No, was going that's, too, that's too awesome. Much. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? So yeah. this is the way, this is how you harness the power of Google for your, for your, for your benefit really without having to type a huge verb list because I do make my own memorize courses and this is a way for this is a way potentially to speed this up so so much wow yeah love it so any word list that you've got that you want you know you want to work with this is the way to do it put it in a spreadsheet and then equals google translate open bracket clickety thingamajig close bracket and there you are so when do you think is a good point in your sort of language learning to use this? I think it's a great one even when you're really early. I think especially when you're at the early stages of language learning where you're still kind of setting out your store and getting your systems going. I think this would be a great way to have something, to have good raw material that you can then plug into different systems and try out in lots of different ways. And it's also really great when you're on the go because typing something into a Google spreadsheet you know, Google Sheets has got a really great mobile app. Android, obviously, is an ecosystem owned by Google, so that works really, really well. Um, there's lots of ways of getting that data into the Google spreadsheet really easily and quickly. So when you're picking your words up on the go, you can just keep adding them. And then you've got your review list ready to go, but you don't have to do the whole looking it up, something, something, something. It may also integrate really well with ReadLang and the kind of, you know, list that ReadLang generates. And then, you know, so this is this is a great, I think, in the middle. You know, you've got your sources. This is the place to put it then. And then from there, you can put it into your review apps, which, again, this is all about organizing information. I think many of the apps that we've, we are telling you about are about organizing information. I think this is the way to do it. Cool, cool. Okay. All right, then. So wrapping up, I guess, mm -hmm. what... How we can do this? What's your favourite? How... Oh my god, this is tricky. Okay, yeah. so Lindsay and I have, have agreed with each other that we're going to try and do a chart. Um, and we've just sold each other on all of these different things. So I'm going to go with what would I, what would I never be without, right? I'm going to try it from that angle. And I think in terms of what I'm using the most right now, it's Workflow and Evernote followed by Forvo. What's your top two? 
my top two, I would say Snapchat right now mm-hmm. and Spotify. Snapchat and Spotify. Yeah. So can we agree that we're going to put Google Sheets Translate at this stage because it's so new? Perhaps we can put it at number six. Okay. It has so much potential. Actually, it has so much potential. Maybe it needs to go higher. Six is not the bottom, though. Six is the bottom of the best. That's true. Have to, That's true. And then give it a pat on the head and a biscuit. and Maybe we'll have to have a joint five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to feel better. So I'm going to put Google Sheets Translate. Okay. At the joint five. Now, which ones would we both rate really highly? I would go with Forvo for that. What do you think? Yeah. This... Oh, just, just picking one? Just just picking which one yeah, which ones which one do we have in common at this stage? We've got Spotify in I common. Would say, yeah. And Forvo. Spotify in common and Forvo. So perhaps if we make Forvo number one, because it was in, okay. in my top two as well, we can make Spotify number two. Yeah. Which leaves us with Snapchat, Readlang, and Workflow and Evernote. Now, I love Workflow and Evernote and use it a lot. And for you, that's Snapchat. So perhaps that's a joint number three. Yeah. Typing it in, typing it in. Then we can have Readlang at four and Google Sheets Translate at number five. So here's our list again for you guys. Number one, the tool of spring-summer 2016. Do not be seen without it. Forbo, followed by Spotify, a joint third, we cannot leave these off the podium, they are amazing, Snapchat, or the combination of Workflow and Evernote. Super, super useful. Swirling on the catwalk as we speak. Correct. Swirling on the catwalk, everybody clap. Snap, snap, snap pictures. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then numbers four and five. Not in any way because they are not awesome, but really like, you know, like Lindsay said, four and five of the best. Read Lang and Google Sheets Translate. That's your, these are your tools. I think we think for though, do not be seen without it. Check it out like right now. Now for the Everlasting Classics list, I'm just going to go back through it. We have italki, Memrise and HelloTalk. And italki are sponsors of this show. italki are indeed sponsors of this show, which means they've got a special offer, the best offer. (laughs) I'm certainly excited about it. Buy one, get one free lessons at italki, available to you right now, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. So I really want to thank italki again for supporting the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Even if you're already using them, please do go to that URL because that is how you, our listeners, Thank you so much. Keep supporting and keep our our podcast coming. Keep it possible. Okay. Now, to finish off, to round us off today, uh, we've each got a language-specific recommendation. And this this is for you if you're learning Welsh or you're learning Korean. Lindsay, do you want to just give a quick pitch of your Korean tool of the the season? Niche audience (laughs) for both. For both, I think. Um, so my favourite Korean thing right now is something called Drama Fever, which is an app where you can watch countless K-drama. In fact, not just Korean. I think there's Chinese, there's some Japanese, there's some um, maybe even some Spanish and stuff on there as well. And you can watch these episodes. I, I've just watched the whole series as in 25 hours of something called boys over flowers which i absolutely adored it was it was so good and it really helped me from the beginning to just get familiar with korean to get familiar with the sounds and odd little words that i've learned in fact i'm i'm putting together a blog post about the stuff i've learned from watching boys over flowers because i think again like with spotify with the music to have something that you care about and that you enjoy in a language is so important and so valuable. And that's what Drama Fever gave me with Boys Over Flowers. Yeah, and it's interesting because the um, I'm I'm probably going the same way. I've got my Welsh version of of Drama Fever is actually my t- 
tool of the season because I've been watching a lot of television as well and it's um, it's called BBC iPlayer <laughs> because there is a special uh, Welsh isn't like Korean as in it's the language of um, a country where there's many many channels in that language I don't think there are that many widely available television programs in the Welsh language because it's a bilingual country that also speaks English and English is so dominant but there is one TV channel and that channel um, has this kind of mission to, to teach people Welsh as well because Welsh is, is growing um, so it's a different situation and BBC iPlayer um, because the channel is S4C is part of the, the bigger BBC group um, is an official British channel you can get it through BBC iPlayer which is kind of the Hulu Netflix version of uh, BBC programs. So anything that was on a BBC radio show or BBC television show, you can rewatch it for usually for one week. Um, and the great thing about iPlayer though is the way they do their subtitles is designed to be accessible to the deaf. So you get a little bit more from your subtitle, meaning they are colored in to show you who's speaking. And oh. that is, and, and you know, like when there's more on one screen, you just get a little bit more kind of showing on the subtitle track. So really, really good subtitle tracks on BBC iPlayer. Uh, I've been using it to watch um, various, you know, like first a Welsh drama called Beokel With, and now I'm still on watching the fabulous fashion builder, which is about builders becoming models. I'm excited by fashion builder. It sounds... <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. It's a bit silly, but you know, it's it it is in Welsh and it's in you know it's everyday everyday spoken language and just like Lindsay, I think it's really really great to. I okay, I'm gonna put it in the words of uh, Ron Gullickson, who was on this show. The the sadly sadly, um, I had to leave this earth too soon, and it it made me very very sad to learn. The, of his death, but one of the one of the things that Ron said to me, because um, I interviewed him for for the Creative Language Learning podcast last year, as it's always really stuck with me, which was he said that he learns languages early on in the process. He will listen to like completely doesn't matter if he understands it or not. He will just listen, and the reason he said to do that is not just to become like you say familiar with the rhythms and the kind of standard expressions and you know how people say stuff like aha and all that but also because he, the way he put it was I want to make myself as uncomfortable as I'm going to be as early as possible to get used to it wise words I know wise words wise guy absolutely so if you know luckily for us Ron's work um, is is still available to you guys um, and you should check out his website, languagesurfer.com. Well, a member of the language blogging community that I think I'm, I'm really missing. Wonderful guy. Mm. Okay, so I'm ending on a slightly somber note now. Oh. Um, I'm just going to read out the chats again. <laughs> uh, really with recommendations. And you guys, just go to the... Uh, just go to the show notes at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash podcast where you're going to find a full blog article with all of the links that you could ever want to look at all of our charts and you're going to find all each of these resources. So, drum roll, here are the spring-summer charts. Forvo, Spotify, Workflow and Evernote in a joint third position with the not-to-be-missed uh, Young Persons Creative Super App Snapchat, uh, followed by Read Lang, for people who read a Lang, which, and finally Google Sheets Translate, which is a new entry and has got potential to take the number one spot. It'd be really great to hear what you guys are using at the moment, you know, in terms of apps, in terms of tools, in terms of language learning, things that make your life a little bit easier. And Lindsay, how can people get in touch with us to tell us about their favourite tools? Well, you can tweet me at LD Languages and Kirsten at Kirsten Amers. And you can use the hashtag CLLP as well for Creative Language Learning Podcast. And yeah, we would love to hear what you're loving right now. And also, if you get the chance, something that is amazing 
is if you're loving the Creative Language Learner podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, because this not only makes us feel like, yay, people are listening, <laughs> but also it helps us to get found by other people, by new listeners. It puts us up the rankings. It does. It's really, really, really helpful. And actually, on that note, let me just give a big, big thank you to the most recent Creative Language Learning Podcast reviewers, because we've got two new re two new reviews, that's hard to say, um, and I really want to thank you guys for reviewing the show. It's so, so special when you do it. Number one, Jonathan Huggins, and this is a review, Jonathan again, hello, from Mexico, um, and he gave us five stars, thank you very much for that, and says he's recently discovered Kirsten, thanks to Ollie, um, because I was on Ollie Richards' show, uh, one to check out if you're learning German, because we were talking about German dialects, um, and he says, oh, I've discovered all these people and all these interviews are so great, and he says, there aren't enough hours in the day to spend listening and re-listening to these gems. I love the dynamic that Kirsten and Lindsay have in discussing topics from different but complementary angles because Kirsten's old and Lindsay's not. <laughs> Hashtag Kirsten, you too old. Now I'm joking. <laughs> Had to. Had to say it. Had to say it. <laughs> and he says, keep up the great work. So yeah, keep, keep sending us such lovely comments and we will guarantee Jonathan. And we've got a second review from the beautiful, beautiful islands, two of them, right, of New Zealand. I think this is our second New Zealand review. So, so grateful. I love that we're reaching the other side of the world. So exciting. So here's what's come in from Kiwi Sylvester in uh, the end of February. It says, five stars, really great podcast. Since Lindsay has joined, it's like having a couple of language enthusiast friends round for a coffee every so often. Keep up the great work, girls. That's lovely. Isn't it? Isn't it? Bear in mind, Lindsay yeah. doesn't drink coffee. I have a water. You drink tea, don't you? I, I hate I, I hate this because it makes me sound so boring when <laughs> people are like, do you want to go for coffee? Do you want to go for a, a, a glass of wine? I'm like, no, no. No, it makes you I'll, sound superhuman. A... <laughs> I know. Because I drink so much of it. So, Kiwi Sylvester, I will very, very gladly come round to your house and have a coffee with you. And I'm going to bring Lindsay and we're going, to be, we're going to be able to make her a cup of tea. And you'll enjoy it, absolutely. A herbal tea. Yeah, yeah. So see, see, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I'm not a social drinker. Not a social <laughs> Well, I've, I've grown up um, in a family that makes wine for a living. So, you know. So I'm, well, I'm social, any, anything you want to drink socially, I'll be right there with you. So either way, I think we should make our way to New Zealand very, very soon. After we've done South by Southwest. So this is our crazy travel oh. planning show. Love it. Love it. So thank you again very, very much, Kiwi Sylvester, Jonathan Huggins. It really, really means a lot. You're really, really doing us a favor. And guys, if you want your name and your review read out and mention coffee or don't mention coffee, I say mention coffee in the review. Um, I dare you to just review us five stars with one word, coffee. Just do it. It'll be so funny. Um, if I see that, I know that you've listened. And that is really all we have to say. Hashtag Kirsten is old. Hashtag C-L-L-P. That's the way to be. Tell us what you think of our charts. Tell us if you do your charts differently. And we really look forward to hearing from you soon. And that's goodbye from me, Kirsten, and goodbye from Lindsay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -M -M -E 